Hi, my name's Claire Wingfield and I work as an editor and literary consultant here in Scotland. Today I'm going to be talking to the Swiss-born novelist and short story writer, Reggie Clare. Reggie's books include The Waiting, Fighting It, The Beauty Room and Inside Outside. Her work has twice been shortlisted for a Saltire Scottish Book of the Year award and has been featured in Best British Short Stories. Reggie is a fantastic writer of meticulous prose, so I wanted to take the chance to dig deep into her writing process. Something writers are often asked is what comes first when you have an idea for a new project. Is it character, theme, or perhaps the location? Hi, Claire, and hello, everyone. It really depends what gets me started. It can be a phrase. I might be brushing my teeth you know, or walking the dog, and suddenly a few words pop into my mind, like one of the stories I have been doing recently started like this, like the phrase, Topaz dance-stepped into the room. I think that's what I heard, and I had no idea who Topaz was, but I liked the name, I liked the words, I liked the rhythm, and that's how it got started. And the story has been published since and so on. Um, another time, I might be very much influenced by a location. Uh, in fact, my most recent novel, The Waiting, was very much, or is very much, based on the city of Edinburgh. In fact, the centre stage is a park in Edinburgh, the main park, the Meadows. Then I might have characters that interest me, for example, uh, my mother in Switzerland, and you've probably heard I have an accent and English is not my native tongue. Swiss German, I speak Swiss German. Anyway, my mother in Switzerland would often send me clippings from newspapers and maybe put the little annotation saying, oh, you might be interested in this, you know, it's a good story, might make another story one day. And in fact, this one particular piece I wrote, a very long story that was influenced, inspired by this woman who is a murderer. I suppose she's still alive. She's in prison in Switzerland because she couldn't stop killing women. And I was just so shocked by, by the fact that a woman, you know, and she actually asked the judge never to let her go because she, she knew or she knows she cannot not kill is that a story we can read? Have you had that one? Yes, in fact, that's the title story of Fighting It, uh, of my um, most recent short story collection. I imagined her in this wire cage, as I, I call it. She's in, in fact, I think the story starts, she's in the wire cage again, and she's actually, is a treadmill, but she's segregated from the rest of the prison population in this exercise yard, and she's like a hamster on a wheel and it's like the symbol for the whole story so it really depends I'm, I'm open to any so it's very different for yes. each project yes absolutely and I was going to ask you about Edinburgh actually I think you you began to talk about how Edinburgh had influenced you but having lived in Edinburgh for so long is it 20 years yes it's 20 plus um, <laughs> it's it's, do you feel there's a great influence on your writing from the city I find it very inspiring. Obviously, it's a very literary city. There's lots of writers living in Edinburgh. The landscape or the, the Scottishness of it, coming from Switzerland, and really I've 
realized how different, even though we are kind of both in Europe, Switzerland and, and Scotland, uh, maybe not for much longer, obviously, how different these countries are. And so my second novel, again, The Waiting, is, as I said earlier, is set in Scotland, whereas the other one, um, the first one, was set in Switzerland. But Edinburgh is, for me, like, becomes a character, you know, and a character over time, over history. Like in The Waiting, for example, there's an old woman who is portrayed through her childhood into her young adulthood, into her old age. And, of course, Edinburgh, we have Jekyll and Hyde, um, which has this kind of supernatural aspect. And recently, well, in fact, for the last few years now, my writing has very much moved in this direction of the uncanny. I've always written uncanny stories, and also my novels are slightly uncanny, I think, but not as much as the news stories. And I'm quite sure that atmosphere of the... You're never quite sure what's around the corner, you know, and you might suddenly find you start off on a nice walk and, wow, you end up somewhere totally different, you know, and, and events take a sinister turn, maybe, or a, just a different turn. Fantastic. So what an interesting um, lot of influences there that you've been discussing. And I wanted to ask you, talking about all these different ideas that come to you, do you have lots of ideas for books or stories that don't get it written? So books that you might test out the ideas for a while and then decide you're going to set them to one side and not continue with? Or do you have a queue of ideas that you're quite methodical in working through? I know it can get really easy to be distracted with new ideas when you're in the middle of a, of a, a novel in particular. I have lots of ideas for work. And as I said <laughs> before, often when I'm in the bathroom, something pops into my mind. So I have all these little notelets that are in the pen, you know, on top of the washing machine. And I would uh, start writing out maybe a sentence or even two sentences until the whole both sides of the notelets are covered and I've ended up with a whole pile of, of these not, notlets. You know, I take them up to my desk, and my desk is littered. It's like a rainbow of these different coloured notlets with sometimes fading writing because the sun comes in through the skylight and <laughs> fades my writing. So I don't know whether they will ever uh, see, you know, become something longer or not. But I, I, it's somehow almost a confidence thing. I know that I have this pile of ideas and, you know, if I sift through it, I'm dead sure that I could get a story or some, or even a novel out of them. But the question is, will I ever get to the point? Usually I just get started somewhere. I might even close my eyes for a, for a moment and just sit. But then I would try and get started and see how far I can go. I'm a very slow writer, very, very slow. You'd probably be shocked how slow. It takes several months over one short story. And that's partly to do with me not being a native speaker, and I feel less certain of, of my abilities and my skills. Partly, probably also to do with my perfectionism when it comes to writing. You know, I want to get things right, and the strange thing is once I get started, I seem to do the editing as I go along and I have to force myself not to, you know, to actually let it flow because that's what I tell my students, you know, 
whom I teach creative writing at the galleries, the National Gallery I used to, and, and now the City Art Centre, the Museum of Childhood. You know, and I say to them, look, just let it flow. Don't stop yourself. Thinking is overrated. Get with it. And you go in, get into this spirit almost, you know, that, that guides your hand. If you have, use a pen, I myself you uh, just type. Uh, that's how I do it. I sometimes close my eyes even when I write um, and type like that. It's very helpful, that. Um, and then I go with that, yeah. But I have abandoned, to come back to your <laughs> original question, I seem to have digressed a bit here, sorry. Once I feel there is something there, even if it's just two paragraphs, I usually get a gut feeling and I know, yep, I want to go with this, this is there's something there, and then I won't abandon it. I've done a lot of stories recently. I've almost finished a new book of stories, my, my third collection. For a novel, that's a slightly different matter because I started a novel a few years back now, and I wrote quite a bit, and then somehow I got sidetracked and abandoned it. But it's a, it's a very odd thing. It, I have a real guilt complex about this novel and it's like at the back of my mind all the time I know I have to write this novel. And you think you might you will go back to it? Yes. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. But I know it's set in Switzerland again, so it's a weird thing. I seem to do I started with a book of stories inside outside, then I had my first novel which was Swiss based. Um The Beauty Room. Then I went back to stories and had Fighting It that came out. Short stories and then another novel and that one set in Scotland like The Waiting and now it's another book of stories I'm finishing and then I want to have another novel and again in Switzerland so it seems a very weird thing. So you have a pattern perhaps that you're following. but it's an unconscious pattern you know I'm not aware of doing it to be honest if I could if I could get away with it I would probably prefer writing stories simply because it's like being in the middle of the sea and you don't, you can't see land on either side and you're maybe just a bit unsure which way should you swim or which way should you go. Stories are much easier, well, easier in that respect to finish because at least they are short, short term. So you can send them off, you get publication and, you know, it feels, gives you a bit of confidence. It's often a confidence thing, isn't it? And in the middle of a novel, you might feel a bit slack and a bit uncertain well that was actually one of my questions so have you got any tried and tested means of getting out of those spots where it feels really difficult and tough when writing's feeling tough what do you do to keep going well I might take Leila or retriever for a walk (laughs) and clear my mind I might make myself a nice cappuccino, an espresso coffee, <laughs> just to cheer myself up, because usually then it's a sort of a sense of feeling depressed a bit. You know, I mean, depression, I'm sure many writers feel that every, every so often. You just have to, I think there's a bit of having to force yourself as well and not give up. I mean, I think being a creative person, you feel that you have to really look deep into yourself and ask yourself, well, would I be able, would I want to do something else, you know? And if the answer is no, that's what I am, that's who I am, I'm a writer, that's what I do, then that can give you a certain bit of 
ground, solid ground, you know, and, and you have to go from there and maybe write this story. You know, I think that's the way out. If you're stuck in the middle of a novel, like I did, I started writing stories and I found that, yup, that will get me onto a different track and then I can come back to this novel that I know is almost fully formed somewhere inside me. I really feel that very strongly, but it's been sitting for a while. And when you're balancing your day, do you write, for example, for a set number of hours or a set word count that you're trying to achieve? Or is it really that you're thinking about your writing all the time? Yeah, in some ways I think about my writing all the time, feeling guilty because, as I said, I often procrastinate, I put it off. Because in some ways I find it a very painful thing to do. And do you think when you're trying to ascertain that a project's finished, that's always quite tricky, isn't it? So with a short story or a novel, what would you say about that? How you know when it is ready to be submitted or it is on the final revision? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I write and rewrite and rewrite as I go along a lot. I mean, really a lot. Um, I really can't emphasize this enough, how much I revise and edit and change, move things around. That's why I need a computer and can't handwrite because my pages, they would just be, everything would be scrolled over so badly that I couldn't read. And so really, the but when I feel that I'm just fiddling with a text, that's usually a sign that I better leave it alone when I actually end up and I do do that I did it yesterday in fact moving bits of the text first up a bit and then back down where it was originally you know and the same with commas you put in a comma one day and feel great yeah wonderful that's in the right place now next day you take it out and then the day after you put it back in you know I do this with commas, maybe with a word or with a phrase. And then, you know, that's it. Leave it alone. You know, you're just making it worse otherwise. You know, you're putting in... So in a way, it's kind of maybe an addiction to the editing process that keeps... Because I understand that as well, editing myself. But um, you just have to let go. But the other thing, I think, quite an important aspect is you have to leave your work to sit for a while and then go back to it. And if after a month, after two months, three months, it still looks good, you know, and it sounds good because I often read um, maybe sections of the text to myself because there's a rhythm that I, I, I work sometimes almost like a poet, I think. That's why it takes so long, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, but once you see it again or you go back to a text after at least, I would say, a couple of weeks, and it still rings true, then that's it, I think. You know, you can trust yourself. And can you tell us a little bit about where you are with your current project and and a bit about that project? Right, that's the short story collection that I've almost finished. And um, currently I'm looking through the stories and I'm thinking of doing another one. In fact, I've just started another one, a very short one, that I might include. Mostly these stories... Uh, as I mentioned earlier, are to do with, I think, not quite the supernatural, but they're like speculative fiction. They are, they are sort of like slipstream, all these um, genre descriptions. I'm never quite sure what they actually mean, but it's just 
for me to do with reality becoming going slightly off kilter and so it's no longer quite real you don't quite know where you are um slightly criminal almost this crime elements as well in these stories so they are they're like crossing boundaries uh, transgressions almost uh, within the stories themselves and I suppose in terms of knowing when it's finished, like you say, whether you're going to include another story or when yes. you stop, that must be a bit of a... Yeah, yeah. I have also uh, wanted to make sure that all the stories get published. Uh, and I've almost reached this point where most, well, the vast majority of them have come out. So you mean, so you're looking at publications yes. in, in different magazines literary or magazines. literary magazines, yeah, and then they all yeah. become the... Um, yeah together as a collection that's right yes it gives some kind of kudos as well if you've had um, your work published previously in in all literary magazines and do you sometimes have them published in more than one magazine or do you always yes. stick with one yes like the story that was in the uh, best british short stories that came out originally in ambit in london um literary magazine then was published uh, in best british short stories then it was published twice uh, online once as a uh, what do they call it a weekend read on for book's sake that's a wonderful wonderful literary website and they only leave the story up for a week and the good thing is then it's not just available online because that can also pose problems if you then try and get a publisher because you don't want all your work to be freely available because then what would be the point in getting a publisher to public you know to bring out the book if any anybody can just google all the works that are in it you know, so, and yeah. so, so it sounds like actually that is quite a challenge, and and the amount of time it will take to get them all published, oh, and then again yeah. to find a publisher. And yeah. I suppose you have to have quite a lot of discipline for your submissions as well. Right. Yeah, you you actually put your finger on it, Claire, because it is very time consuming. Yeah, because you have to do the formatting right. You have to, you know, all the the requirements for different literary magazines, and you have to check the time frames because some of them only look at work within maybe one month a year, two months a year, and you have to do your research so you know where to send your work as yeah. well. And so, do you feel that you're kind of always looking for opportunities? Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. And I I um, have just been asked um, to contribute the piece to a project in Switzerland which will be I think it's called Freedom Papers and it's a Swiss well she's actually American but she lives in Switzerland originally a singer musician composer who wanted to include one of one of my pieces which will then be sung I don't know with music or whatever and and the other project I've been asked uh, to contribute a piece to, for a translation project in Romania. Um, so I'm very pleased So one of the stories will also be translated into Romanian. So I was going to ask you about your, your advice for writers mm -hmm. starting off. And I think, you know, we've just covered something really useful, which was this always looking for opportunity, which I think is so important. And some, we often don't see that graft that, that writers are putting in when we see them being successful, we don't realise how much effort has gone into that. So, yeah, what would be your advice or top tips for writers just starting out? I really suggest you read a lot, read widely, read beyond your comfort zone, but also write a lot. 
you know, because you might find you'll have to discard a lot. In fact, my computer is full of <laughs> these files, you know, with all these snippets in them, bits and pieces. Every story I wrote, write, there's usually a, a, a long, like a tailback of paragraphs that were rewritten in the process and I didn't have the heart to cut. So they are like stuck there at the end, you know, like maybe as double as long as the story itself, but just do that, you know, write, rewrite, write a lot. Well, thank you so much for that. Before you go, I'd love you to tell us where readers can find out more about your work and keep in touch with you. Uh, I've got a website, very simple to remember. It's www.reggieclare.com and Reggie is spelled R-E-G-I, Reggie, and then Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, reggieclare.com. Thank you very much for having me, Claire. <laughs>